Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. That's Blanca and Echo. 710, Pat, Brenda, and Eric here on the Morning Blend in the snow on a Monday. Can't believe it snowed out there. (laughs) And we have got some uh, really exciting things happening this morning. When we come back, we'll be speaking with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll from the hilltop at Mount Angel Abbey after we check that snowy weather forecast at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, 
pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am, order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. At Mater Dei Radio, we constantly strive to be an inspiring source of faith and hope. Sharing the light of Christ restores us individually and also provides a powerful catalyst to revive the heart of our community. Join Mater Dei Radio in this crucial mission of leading souls to Jesus and bringing a spirit of renewal into the culture. Mark your calendar for April 8th through 12th to renew your hope during Mater Dei Radio's 2024 Spring share It's going to be a week of transformation and you can be a major part of it by helping us build a strong matching fund for the event. Your support now will have a deep impact on our success in April by providing strong encouragement for our share listeners to match your prayerful generosity. To learn more and make your matching gift, go now to MatraDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary Media app and renew your hope during our 2024 Spring share at Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 713 here at Day Radio, high of 45 and low of 34 today with showers throughout the day, thunderstorms possible, heavy snow expected in the Cascade and Coast Ranges, That wintry mix is possible tonight. The snow level is going to fall to 400 feet. But like here at the studio, I don't expect it to accumulate on any of the roadways or on any of the flat top surfaces. You might get a bunch in your front yard. But other than that, it should be a clear day, but a wet day. All right. Currently still chilly, 36 degrees at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Vancouver. And it's 36 degrees in Happy Valley at Art 80 of Levang Parish. Earlier this month, Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey attended a plenary assembly of the Dicastery for Divine Worship at the Vatican to discuss Pope Francis' apostolic letter on the liturgical formation of the people of God. And as a theological consultor to the Dicastery, Abbot Jeremy spoke to cardinals, archbishops, and bishops about the liturgical formation of future priests at Mount Angel Abbey. Abbot Jeremy, it's great to have you with us this morning. And to get things started, what were the specific objectives for the gathering at the Vatican? The objectives were to to take further steps in the con- in a concrete way to take uh, Pope Francis's apostolic letter on the on the preparation of the people of God, the deeper understanding of the liturgy, and uh, asking the bishops from every part of the world, what can we do to move uh, what the Pope says in this letter forward? In that letter, Pope Francis speaks and uses the term liturgical formation quite a bit. What specifically does he mean by that? Yes, in the letter he he speaks of uh, formation for the liturgy, and formation by the liturgy. It's a, it's a very useful distinction. 
formation for the liturgy would be preparing people to understand how to participate, what it means. Uh, but more important is letting ourselves be formed by the liturgy itself. So we have to be formed for participation in the liturgy, and then the liturgy itself becomes uh, our main teacher. That's a letter. That's a distinction that runs through the whole letter, and he gives very concrete suggestions of how both can be done. That's, in fact, how um, I was invited to speak to the whole assembly, because uh, there's a section in there on seminary formation, and uh, I was invited to speak about seminary formation at Mount Angel. It, it might be surprising to think that Mount Angel is being spoken about in the Vatican meeting, but uh, the reason for that invitation was because uh, we have had in place here for some 30 years in, in our curriculum the kind of seminary curriculum that Pope Francis calls for in paragraph 37 of that apostolic letter. And so the uh, prefect and archbishop secretary of the dicastery uh, wanted the bishops that were gathered for this meeting to have a concrete experience to react to. And so they invited them to react to Mount Angel's uh, experience. It was, it was a real honor for Mount Angel, of course, to be at such a big meeting. How does it feel to address a crowd like that, uh, just from a personal perspective? Well, I, I felt honored to, to be able to do it. One of the bishops from Canada that was there, I was talking with him before, and and he said to me, uh, he said, this is a big talk you have to give. Uh, are you nervous? And I paused a minute, and I said, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I, I, I felt it sounded, maybe came, came off as arrogant or something, so I said, I'm not nervous because I so believe in what I'm going to share with you. And I think it's such a great program. And so I believe in it and I'm not nervous. I'm just anxious to share it. And, and that's the way I felt as I was talking. I had a whole hour to uh, lay out our program. And then uh, it was discussed by the bishops in various language groups for uh, an hour and a half afterwards. There were only two other presentations during the, the four days of the plenarium meeting. Mine was in the middle. Um, and so after all three presentations, there was an hour and a half discussion on, each, on the individual ones, and then several days trying to put all three of the, of the, of the presentations together. We're visiting with Abbey Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, talking about his recent trip to Rome and the plenary assembly of the Dicastery for Divine Worship at the Vatican. And in the Holy Father's opening remarks to the assembly, he said, and this struck me, without liturgical reform, there can be no reform of the church. What specific reforms were addressed by the assembly? Basically, the, the reforms are the reforms that began 60 years ago with Sacrosanto Concilium, Vatican II's uh, document on, on, the, on the liturgy and the reform of the liturgy. And in, in saying what he said there, Pope Francis was simply quoting uh, the opening lines. It wasn't an exact quote, but he was quoting the, uh, the meaning of the opening lines of uh, Sacrosanto Concilium, which was published at the Vatican Council 60 years ago. In that uh, document of the council, it says this council, this sacred council, is meeting 
in order to impart new vigor to the life of the Church. And for that reason, we see it imperative to reform the liturgy, meaning basically to, to reform the capacity of people to understand the liturgy better and to participate in it more deeply. So Pope Francis doesn't introduce any new reforms, and we didn't talk about any new reforms, but we talked about how to deepen our understanding and our grasp of the, of the reforms that have already been made. Reforms meaning the way that we celebrate the liturgy today. Mm-hmm. Those, those, that, that has come about in the last 60 years, and it, it, there's a real art to celebrating the liturgy well. In fact, in the letter, the Pope uses the, the letter, the art of celebrating, and the presiding priest needs to, to celebrate with, with, with understanding and with art and with grace. But the whole assembly has an art of how to participate. And so that's the language of the letter, and it's just simply trying to accomplish at a, at a still deeper level a participation by the whole people of God in the liturgy in such a way that, as I already said, the liturgy begins to form them more and more deeply. It seems like a very symbiotic relationship, that idea of being formed in the liturgy and then being formed from the liturgy. Yes, that's right. Uh, The title of my talk might sound a little esoteric, but it will tell you uh, what my own task was. The title of my talk was Training Mystagogues for the People of God, Mount Angel Seminary's theological curriculum. Now, that word mystagogue might be an unknown word to a lot of your listeners, but it's a word that uh, theologians and that, that the, the dicastery borrowed from the patristic tradition, and it describes what a bishop does. It's, it's a term from the patristic church from the 4th century, and it's the, it's the bishop explaining to the newly baptized all the symbols of the Eucharist. And so we're using that term by extension, for the priest, pastor of his parish. He has to be a mystagogue for his people. That is to say, he has to be able to, uh, to, to speak to them about the liturgy in such a way that, oh, here's why we sing this song this way at this time. Here's why we listen to the scriptures in this order. Here's why there's a responsorial song. Here's what bread and wine mean. Here's what happens when they've been transformed into the body and blood of Christ. All of that is mystagogue at work. That is fascinating. We'll go deeper into what it means to be mystagogues and how we can grow in the liturgy during this Lenten season. After we take a break for news, we'll continue our conversation with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey here on The Morning Blend at Mater Dei Radio. It is 7.23 here at Mater Day Radio. Pat, I am excited to hear the next half of that because, boy, that was a lot of information. And you said in the next half hour when he really gets to talking about uh, his discussion. Mystagogues. Mystagogues. Yeah. Boy, you said that is really getting excited. I love that. So if by chance you are on your way to work and not going to be able to hear the second half of it, don't worry, because all you need to do is go to Mater Day Radio this morning after the show. The entirety of that interview with Abbot Jeremy going to be made into a podcast and available for you there. And easier yet, get out your smartphone, go to your app store and download 
the Hail Mary Media app. Just type it into the search of that app store. You'll see that beautiful blue image of Our Lady and Mater Day Radio. That's our app, and it is absolutely free, and you'll have full access to all of our podcasts, our great locally produced shows, and amazing Lenten resources. So download it today. You can download the Hail Mary Media app on your smartphone, and you can find information at materdayradio.com. Support for Matraday Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco, Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. One of the many ways you can help Mater Day Radio is by supporting our Leadership Circle members. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs. Our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. How can you find out more about our Leadership Circle members? Go to our website at materdayradio.com and click on the Get Involved menu. You'll be learning about a great group of people. The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 725 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Tragic news coming out of Africa over the weekend and murder at mass. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll talk about that ahead in news. And Pope Francis on the recovery, but canceling again a day of meetings. I'll have an update on his health in news. Here is Matt Marr with Lenten music for you. You were on the cross. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Lost, everything is lost. And everything I've loved before is gone Alone Like the coming of the frost And a cold winter's chill in my stony heart And where were you and all that I've hoped for? Pain, could you take away the pain? If I find someone to blame, would it make my life seem easier? Oh, no. 
Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That is Matt Marr with songs for the Lenten season. You were on the cross. 7.30. In your news this morning, the Holy See Press Office on Monday announced that Pope Francis' audiences for the day had been suspended as a precautionary measure due to the Holy Father's persisting flu symptoms. Catholic News Agency reported the Monday morning telegram sent out by the Vatican noted that while the Pope's mild flu symptoms persist, he did not have a fever. The Holy See Press Office did not provide further details on the Pope's condition nor hint at whether he would continue with his activities for the week. On Saturday, Pope Francis canceled his meeting with the transitional deacons of the Diocese of Rome, who will be ordained to the priesthood in April due to a mild flu-like condition. However, on Sunday, the Pope appeared in good form when he delivered his weekly Angelus address to the faithful gathered at St. Peter's Square from the window of the Apostolic Palace as scheduled. At least 15 Catholic worshipers were killed in the African nation of Burkina Faso on Sunday when gunmen attacked a community gathered for mass in the country's conflict-hit northern region. The violence in the village of Eskane left 12 of the faithful dead at the scene while three others died later as they were being treated for their wounds, according to a statement issued by Abbot Jean-Pierre Sawadago, vicar general of the Catholic Diocese of Dory, where the attack happened. No group has claimed responsibility for the attack, but suspicion fell on jihadis who have frequently stormed remote communities in the northern region. About half of Burkina Faso is outside of government control as jihadi groups have killed thousands and displaced more than two million people. A key step towards establishing tolls on the Interstate 5 bridge to pay for its replacement occurred Friday, the first meeting of a bi-state tolling committee. 
Both Oregon and Washington have authorized tolling. Under the replacement program's current financial plan, tolling is expected to contribute $1.2 billion of the estimated $6 billion cost. Tolling on the current I-5 bridge is expected to start in 2026, although tolls likely won't be charged between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. during construction. After that, tolls will likely be higher during rush hour than in the middle of the night. Officials are also considering reduction on tolls for low-income drivers and an exemption for all Native American tribes. The committee expects traffic crossings on the I-5 bridge will drop as drivers divert to the Interstate 205 bridge, which will not be told. Pat, I guess I'm going to have have to adjust my morning hours to get across that bridge before 5 a.m. Usually I'm crossing it at around 5.20, so a little bit earlier mornings for me maybe. The Oregon Employment Department will shut down several services beginning tomorrow as it updates its online system. In preparation for a new online system for unemployment benefits, the agency's website will be going dark and will be unable to help customers. The new system called Francis Online is scheduled to go live on March 4th. In the meantime, people will not be able to file, restart, check, or make changes to claim information until after 8 a.m. on March 4th. The last day to file a new unemployment claim is tomorrow before 5 p.m. The last day to file a weekly unemployment claim will be Wednesday at 5 p.m. Benefits will be laid if customers miss the deadline. Last week, two Boeing 787 operated by Virgin Airlines and United Airlines zoomed through the air at ground speeds exceeding 800 miles an hour, about 200 miles an hour, more than typical, faster. The speeds Virgin's plane reached 802 and the United flight Well, uh, reached 838 miles an hour. And those are some of the fastest speeds recorded in recent years. But no plane flew faster than American Airlines Flight 120 from Philadelphia to Doha, Qatar, which reached a top speed of 840 miles an hour. That flight landed 30 minutes earlier than anticipated. Now, this was due to high winds over the Mid-Atlantic. According to the National Weather Service in the D.C. area, wind speeds reached 265 miles an hour. Now, the highest record in the region was 267, and that was back in 2002. While the plane rides were unusually fast, experts say that both planes and the pilots are equipped to handle those speeds. The fast winds the pilots flew through on Saturday were tailwinds, meaning that they were moving in the direction of the plane, helping the aircraft reach those higher ground speeds. They say while you're in it, uh, they kind of were in that jet stream. It's getting out of it that proves to be kind of bumpy for the passengers because it's a little bit difficult to do. But, boy, they were moving. That is incredible. Wow. Wow. In sports, we told you about uh, them making the playoffs at Seton Catholic. Well, the weekend didn't go as planned. Lyndon Christian scored 25 unanswered points in the second half to pull away from Seton Catholic of Vancouver, 71-39 in the Class 1A Washington State opening round of the basketball tournament Saturday in Lyndon. Now 7th seed Seton Catholic will face number 10 Meridian of Bellingham in the 1A round of 12 Wednesday in Yale. 
Yakima. And looking here in Oregon at the OSAA Boys Basketball State Championships, number one Central Catholic in that 6A will take on North Medford and that game tomorrow. And then Jesuit will face South Eugene as well. Other action in 4A, Marist Catholic will host Phoenix. We've got uh, in 3A, De La Salle North Catholic taking on Cascade Christian and Valley Catholic facing number seven, Dayton. And then in 2A, Manor House Academy of Portland will take on Regis of Staten. And that game is set for Wednesday. Maybe you're about to have your child baptized. And now is the time that you're beginning to think about who those godparents might be. The choice should not be made lightly. You won't be able to change your mind later on. So it's important to think about the criteria in which to consider when making that decision. Alatea.org, they've got a few ideas for you, Pat. I am godmother to several grandchildren. It is a joy in my life. Godchildren, excuse me. It is a joy in my life to watch them grow in the faith. And so hopefully I'd like to think I meet some of these qualifications. First, they say, They should be a person of deep faith. The prime mission of a godparent is to support in educating your children in the faith and praying for your child. For an adolescent, a godparent who prays and commits themselves unashamedly to the heart of the church is like a compass, an open door for dialogue at an age when they often need role models to talk with. Secondly, it is an exemplary friendship. Godparents are often expected to step in for parents in difficult times, particularly during adolescence. Free of the ties of authority, a godparent can offer time and advice to godchildren. Their lives lived according to the gospel provides an example, and the child who finds a guide in a godparent receives a real treasure. I have found it amazing to me that when I've offered advice to my own children, it is seen with a side eye or a roll (laughs) of the eye. But when the same advice offered by a godparent or an, an uncle or a close friend or mentor, youth minister, well, it seems to be received in a wholly different manner. I'll talk more about Godparents throughout today's show. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Wednesday at Aquinas Hall at Holy Rosary Parish, once again, it is Drinks with Dominicans. For this month's Drinks with Dominicans event, Christine Schlesser, Executive Director of the Classical Iconography Institute, will give a talk on Marian icons, how to read and write an icon. Sounds like a beautiful, beautiful practice there. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online, materdayradio.com, and you can find it on our Hail Mary Media app. Christine does a fantastic job. That should be a wonderful evening. Oh, yeah. The interviews we've had with her have been outstanding. Well, are you a mystagogue? Mm. What does know. that mean exactly? <laughs> you know who knows? Abbot Jeremy Driscoll. We'll check back in on the hilltop with Abbot Jeremy next after we check that snowy weather forecast at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. 
Join Mater Dei Radio and Father Eric Anderson in a prayer to St. Joseph. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Joseph, you are the chaste and loving spouse of the Virgin Mary, the foster father of Jesus, the protector and provider of the Holy Family and all families. We have complete confidence in your loving care for new life and in your fidelity to the family. We commend our efforts to your prayers and protection. Help us always to defend the gift of human life, that it may grow to the abundance of eternal life promised and bestowed on us by your Son, our brother, Jesus Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit matudayradio.com. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Dei Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. 742 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 45 and low of 34 today, with showers throughout the day, thunderstorms possible, unsettled weather moves into the valley, heavy snow expected in the Cascade and Coast Ranges, wintry mix is going to fall tonight, the snow level goes down to 400 feet, however, accumulation on the roads is unlikely, rest of the week, wet, we're going to see lots of rain. Right now, it's 40 in Cottage Grove at Our Lady of Perpetual Help Catholic Church. And it is 40 degrees at Mount Angel Abbey in beautiful Mount Angel, Oregon. We're continuing our conversation with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, who just returned from Rome and the plenary assembly on the Dicastery of Divine Worship at the Vatican, where he spoke. Abbot Jeremy, in our first segment, we were talking about mystagogues. And obviously that applies to priests and religious. How does liturgical formation flow from there? The Pope's letter has a very strong urging of priests to get better at leading their congregations in a deeper understanding of the very celebration itself. But it's not just the priest's responsibility. The whole people of God need to uh, be formed for the liturgy so that they can be formed by the liturgy. What are some things that we as people of God can do to enhance that liturgical formation, especially during Lent and maybe going into Easter and then beyond that? A good preparation for letting ourselves be formed by the liturgy is what I know many of your listeners probably already do, and that's to read the scriptural text that will be uh, proclaimed in the liturgy uh, in anticipation so that they're, they've, they've already been, begun to think about what those texts mean. But I would just remind your listeners, there's one thing to read the Bible and pray about it on your own, 
But when the same uh, biblical text is proclaimed during the liturgy, it has, and we need to be aware of this, it has a special force and power and presence then and there. Mm. The very word proclaimed delivers a presence of Christ to us that we need to, to be, I would just say, ready to receive, ready to detect that presence. But in addition to that, you know, it's, it's good, just the way I'm talking is, in a sense, forming your listeners for the liturgy so that they can be formed by the liturgy. It's very important to be aware that there's two main parts to the celebration of the Mass, the liturgy of the Word and the liturgy of the Eucharist. And so what is proclaimed in the presence of Christ that comes through the proclamation of the Word that presence is deepened in the second part of the Mass when we could say, in effect, the Word becomes flesh by, by the transformation of our gifts of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. And, that, and preparation would also, knowing, yes, Christ is, is really present in, in His body and in His blood on the altar. It's really He that's present and very flesh with us, and yet not just vaguely present, he's present under signs that signify his sacrifice, that signify his death on the cross. So what we are having, what we have communion in, is not just Christ vaguely present, but Christ in his act of sacrificing himself to the Father. And, and he takes us up into that sacrifice with him, the way I'm talking, I'm forming your listeners for the liturgy. But when you're in the liturgy, you want to just ooh, watch that happen, feel it happen, listen to the words, watch the action of the priest. And then in the receiving of Holy Communion, to receive the Lord's body and blood with reverence and understanding that, that this is communion in his very sacrifice, and that through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, we're all going to God the Father in the unity of the Holy Spirit. You can hear me echoing the language of the liturgy, but pay attention, I guess is what I'd <laughs> say. It's all really happening. I love your passion, Abbott. That just yeah. uh, it gets me charged up. Well, good. <laughs> I'm just a mystagogue. That's what I'm being a mystagogue. <laughs> One of the things in the Benedictine tradition that you do are liturgy of the hours. How does that play into this as well? What we say about the Eucharistic liturgy, you know, in a sense, it's valid for all liturgy. All liturgy is a recalling of the Paschal mystery and a making present of the Paschal mystery. That is to say, every time the Church gathers for prayer, the hour, it is an hour of Christ's death and resurrection which never passes away. Mm. Christ being risen means that everything that he did in his earthly life, which culminated in his death, Christ being risen means all the, all the life of Christ and his, his saving death is present here and now. That's what risen means. And so the prayer of the church and the liturgy of the hours as we pray them here at Mount Angel all together, it's just stepping into that time and that space of Christ's living, risen body. And it's realizing that, you know, we pray the hours at different, different times of the day, in the early morning before the sun comes up, as the sun comes up, at midday, 
in the early evening and at night. That's also that we understand that every hour of every day is invaded by this presence of the risen Christ. And so that the meaning of my day today finds its ultimate sense in being subsumed up into this hour of Christ. And that's why the Liturgy of the Hours, the divine office that the monks pray, is such a wonderful way of remembering the intensity of the Eucharistic presence of Christ. We have the the privilege, which a lot of people don't have, of, of praying all of our Liturgy of the Hours in the same place where we celebrate the Eucharist, that is to mm. say, around the altar. So the Psalms and the readings and the Psalms and the hymns, they all sort of, you can see the altar that you just celebrated Eucharist on, and it's a wonderful a wonderful privilege of the monastic life that we that we do that all in the same place. We're speaking with Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, and Abbot, I just want to thank you because it, it seemed very esoteric to me this formation in the liturgy and from the liturgy. But you just really made that tangible for me, and I, I thank you for that oh, explanation. Good. Well, I'm glad. I, I once you get it, it's a real key to to everything, really. I could see that. I can also understand you had quite an honor when you were in Italy. Your alma mater, the Benedictine College of St. Anselmo, granted you the honor and title of Professor Emeritus of the Faculty of Theology, and then the Diploma of Merit came with that. Can you describe a little bit about your feelings receiving that award? Well, yes, I was, I was rather surprised. I didn't know that that was going to happen to me. Well, before I was abbot, I was uh, teaching at Santa Anselmo for 22 half years. That is to say, I taught uh, the one semester at Mount Angel Seminary every year, and the other semester I taught at the Benedictine University, Santa Anselmo. So when I became abbot, I couldn't do that anymore. I couldn't be going back and forth like that. And so I had to end those 22 years, but I loved my teaching there. It was a great experience for me, and, and I think I was appreciated by my students there. When I first became abbot, San Anselmo said, you know, you can keep coming back and doing intense courses, two or three weeks at a time. And I said, I'd like to do that, but it's not going to work, boys, I told them. <laughs> but they didn't believe it. And now they finally do. And also because I've reached the age uh, where uh, in the Roman system uh, a professor has to retire uh, from required courses. He can still teach, but no longer required courses. So they gave me this title emeritus uh, to honor the, the 22 years that I had taught there. And then this, um, this um, certificate of merit that they gave me, which was just a nice statement of the particular impact that I had had in those 22 years on Santa Anselmo. I was very moved by it because I didn't know what was happening. And I thought people had just forgotten that i taught there. You know, this was eight years ago that I became abbot. So uh, I haven't taught at San Anselmo for eight years, but it's a place I loved and it's a great experience. And my years of teaching in Rome were were very important part of my life. It's probably how I got involved with the Vatican, you know. Eventually people hear your name in that town. And so, you know, for for 20 of those 22 years, I've been a, a consultor for the Dicastery of Divine Worship. And I don't think I would have necessarily been named to that had I not been living in Rome at the same time, you know. Well, it was an honor well-deserved. Oh, Very well-deserved. You. <laughs> you're, you're kind to say so. Thank you. 
Well, Abbot Jeremy, in closing, could we ask for your blessing? Yes, I'm, I, I, I have in my heart, uh, whoever is listening to me, and have in my heart what I was talking about, really wanting the people of God to be prepared for the liturgy so that the liturgy can really form us all together ever more deeply. And I offer you all my blessing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Abbot so, Jeremy. Well, thank you for your interest, and thank you for all the good things you do, Mater Day. It is a pleasure, and, and the best part about that is working with the folks at the Hilltop. You have a great oh. crew there. Oh, thank you. I know we do. It's a, it's a beautiful group. He's Abbot Jeremy Driscoll of Mount Angel Abbey, and this is the Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. It is 7.53 here at Mater Day Radio. You can't help but be filled with joy just listening to Abbot Jeremy. So we are so, so very appreciative of his time this morning. And we're so appreciative of you, our listeners. It is through your support for more than 30 years that Mater Day Radio has been on the air here in the Portland area and now so far down south. We are excited to ask you once again to join us in your support coming up April 8th through the 12th. It is our spring share The lineup of great guests is growing and we are going to have such a wonderful week. And perhaps you've already seen our letter go out in the mail asking you to join us for this most powerful week. And if you are able to, please help join Mata Day Radio and grow this matching fund. It is really the platform that makes that week so very successful. So please check that out. Give in whatever way possible and pray for us here at Mater Day Radio. And don't forget to tune in to Spring share coming up April 8th through the 12th. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. The Catechism of the Catholic Church refers to the Sacrament of Reconciliation as one of conversion, for it has so much to do with returning to God the Father. Just as our view of prayer changes from a child's petitioning to a mature relationship with God, this same maturing process exists with the sacraments. Penance, confession, reconciliation, different names for the same process. Eucharist, communion, the Lord's Supper, the same celebration. As we look more closely at these sacraments, we realize these are the sacraments of maturing. These are both a key part of our lifelong process of our Lord calling us to a closer place. Just as Jesus fell with the cross, got up, and eventually overcame death with the resurrection, the process of penance to Eucharist is God's same invitation, a transformation to a new life. This has been a bit of Catholic encouragement from Michael Gisandi. 
Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on, where a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 7.56 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And uh, there might be some graffiti on that bridge, but it could go away. The city of Portland is going to address graffiti head on. We've got details ahead in news. I'd like to see how they're going to do that. It'll be interesting. Get your and, brush ready. That's right. And while he was under the weather, Pope Fr- didn't stop Pope Francis from making his Sunday Angelus address and talking about that beautiful Bible passage and story, the Transfiguration. I'll tell you about how Pope Francis is doing this morning coming up in three minutes. That's right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Colleen with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. Born in Buckinghamshire, England in around the year 1567, Blessed Robert Drury grew up Catholic in a Protestant ruled England. In 1588, when he was a mere 20 years old, Robert left England to receive his education in both France and Spain and was ordained a priest in 1593. Upon his ordination, he returned to England and made it his mission to minister to Catholic converts in London. Robert remained a priest concerned with adherence to the supremacy of Rome and unwilling to contradict the doctrines of the church during a time when England was increasingly more anti-Catholic. In 1603, the English government invited Robert Drury along with 12 other leading priests to sign an oath acknowledging the queen as their lawful sovereign. In this decree, they were to agree to reveal any attempts to overthrow the English government and to denounce the forced reversion of the people to Catholicism. In signing the oath, the priests acquiesced to render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, with the condition that they be allowed to remain loyal to the Pope in spiritual and religious matters. As such, they proved themselves to be both patriots and loyal servants of Christ, declaring that they stood ready to spend their blood in defense of Her Majesty, but on the other hand, would rather lose their lives than infringe the lawful authority of Christ's Catholic Church. Sadly, the queen died just three months later and her successor, James I, was not content with a merely civil allegiance. He had a new oath of allegiance drawn up and imposed on July 5th, 1606, in which the king was declared the authority on all matters of faith. It was at this time that Robert was arrested for being a priest and offered his freedom if he would only sign the new oath. It should come as no surprise that Pope Paul V had condemned the oath as containing many things contrary to the faith and salvation. However, Robert himself was probably not aware of the Pope's declaration on the matter due to the Archpriest of London suppressing the matter. But Robert's heart convicted him. His conscience was already instructed by the Holy Spirit and he refused to sign the heretical oath. He put into practice the very words of his previous oath that he would rather give up his life than go against the teachings of the church. 
And so on February 26, 1607, Robert was hanged, drawn, and quartered. He was one of the 85 martyrs of England and Wales beatified by Pope St. John Paul II in 1987. In this increasingly polarized age that we live in, it seems harder and harder to walk the fine line between loyalty to your nation and its leaders and remaining true to Christ and his church. Ultimately, like Robert, we should have a deep love for our people and a sincere desire to give patriotism its due. But to always keep God as Lord and King of our hearts, our lives, and our souls. There should be nothing scarier than the thought that we might come to the end of our lives and find that we gave our ultimate loyalty to the kings of this age rather than to the king of the universe. Blessed Robert Jury, pray for us. Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint. That is Awaken the Saint. To pray with the saints and to find some other great Lenten resources, check out the Hail Mary Media app. Details on how you can install that on your phone are at matradayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. A day after canceling his audiences due to what the Vatican called a mild flu-like condition, Pope Francis appeared in good form during his weekly Angelus address on Sunday, marking the second anniversary of the war in Ukraine with a call for peace. Pope Francis said, I implore that that bit of humanity be found that allows us to create the conditions for a diplomatic solution in search of a just and lasting peace. Reflecting on the gospel reading for the second Sunday in Lent, Mark's account of the transfiguration, the Pope described the apostles' mountaintop experience with Jesus as a transformative moment where Christ physically manifests himself there in all his light. The transfiguration, he said, sums up all of Jesus' work up to that point of his ministry while foreshadowing his passion. For the second year in a row, Washington State bill to make clergy mandatory reporters of child abuse has failed. Senate Bill 6298, which passed the Senate, died in the House committee late last week. The sticking point was once again over whether the law should provide Catholic priests an exemption for the requirement if the priests learned of abuse during the sacrament of confession. The Washington State Catholic Conference, which lobbies on behalf of the state's bishops, opposed last year's bill out of concern that it would require priests to break the seal of confession, though the organization supports clergy being mandatory reporters outside of confession. This year's bill struck a compromise to get the conference to take a neutral stance, allowing the bill to pass the Senate in a 44-5 vote. The compromise would have kept the exemption for confessions, but clergy would still have a duty to warn law enforcement if they reasonably believed a child was in imminent danger of the risk of abuse or neglect. Portland police are investigating a fatal crash in the Buckman neighborhood early Sunday. Just before 3 a.m. on Sunday, officers from Central Precinct responded to a report of a crash involving a pedestrian and vehicle near Southeast Belmont Street and MLK Jr. Avenue. Police say shots were also reportedly fired. And when officers arrived, they found an adult male with a bicycle suffering serious injuries. The victim was taken to local hospital by ambulance where he later died. Police say the involved vehicle was found at the scene and officers learned that the adult male driver had run away and had been detained by community members. 
The Portland City Council voted unanimously to change city code to expedite the process for graffiti cleanup. Property owners across Portland will now have 10 days to remove graffiti. If that doesn't happen, the city can issue an abatement notice, which gives the property owner another 10 days to remove it. If it still doesn't happen, the city can get an administrative warrant and then hire a contractor to paint over the graffiti. The city will then place a lien on the property to recoup the losses of that removal plus an administrative fee. The code change only applies to graffiti on private property and doesn't impact graffiti along the interstates or signage above the interstates, which also have been common sources of complaint about graffiti throughout the Portland area. So get after the private owners, but uh, you're just going to have to wait to get rid of graffiti on I-5 Bridge that the state owns. Is that what I'm hearing? Essentially, that's what you're hearing. Okay. Well, Pope Francis has accepted the resignation of Polish Archbishop Andrzej Jega, who has faced allegation that he ignored abuse cases in Poland. Neither the Apostolic Nuncio of Poland, which announced his resignation, nor the Holy See Press Office provided a reason for the resignation. The 71-year-old prelate who has led the Archdiocese since 2009 will not turn 75 until 2027, which is the mandatory age of uh, resignation. Now, in his two-page resignation letter, the archbishop says that he apologized to his brother priest, saying, if my weaknesses, including incomplete understanding of specific circumstances and sometimes even my ordinary human fatigue became the cause of your anxiety, I am sorry. The archbishop said he was resigning due to a radical weakening of his condition, adding that in the fall, it became obvious that it was time to step down. In sports, it was a raucous night at Providence Park Saturday. The Timbers Army back on the pitch. Yes, indeed. Saturday night also was Phil Neville's first victory as manager of the Portland Timbers. Eric Williamson scored nine minutes into the match Saturday night. Anthony Alves Santos added two goals before halftime, and the Portland Timbers rolled to a 4-1 victory on the pitch over the Colorado Rapids in the season opener. The Timbers will have a little bit of time off. They'll take on D.C. United back at Providence Park on Saturday night. Throughout today's show, we have been talking about the importance of godparents and as parents, how you must discern very, very well who it is that you will ask to do that for your children. Now, some of the qualification we've already talked about is they are to be people of deep faith, exemplary friendships also with you. Then they say that person should have open and generous heart. The relationship between a child and a godparent is formed over time. Time spent together, meeting, regular exchanges, and ideally from the child's earliest age. But what matters most is not necessarily the length of those shared moments, but the quality of them. And they should be sufficient maturity. Now, if the godparents is himself a child, does he have the necessity, uh, necessary maturity to take on such a responsibility? If they are still immature with regards to faith, they risk later changing their point of view, maybe even abandoning the Christian life. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, the month of February is wrapping up, and so is the Blanchette Catholic High School Shoe Drive. 
They're collecting new or gently used shoes at Immaculate Conception Church in Staten. And also, I saw their bins at Queen of Peace Parish over the weekend as I went to Mass. All shoes will be donated to Catholic Community Services. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online, materdayradio.com, or find it on the Hail Mary media app. Well, he just walked in the door in... uh rather attractive shoes. Ken Hellenius <laughs> is here. We'll check in with Ken. Our man from Notre Dame is in the studio celebrating a birthday. And we've got snow in the weather forecast. That's just ahead at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Join Mater Day Radio and Monsignor John Syak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day, knowing how good you are, and how you treat us not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy. We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are, in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day. You would send the Holy Spirit to them, send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. For more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All-source communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for all-source communications. Connecting Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Grow closer to the Lord through Mater Dei Radio's Lenten Challenge. Between now and Easter Sunday, resolve to listen to our dynamic Catholic programming more frequently. If you already listen for an hour a day, make it two. Listening for two hours, make it three. Whatever length you spend listening to Mater Dei Radio and the Hail Mary Media app, increase that time throughout the Lenten season. The results might surprise you. Not only do we bring you the best of local and national Catholic shows, Mater Dei Radio is also teaming up with Ave Maria Press this Lent to bring you the dynamic series Made for Heaven. Join Father Augustino Torres on a multimedia journey inspired by St. Francis. Free your heart from the desert of sin and open it up to love for others in the glory of Easter. You are made for heaven, so grow closer to Christ and take the Lenten Challenge now on the Hail Mary Media app and Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. 8-11 here at Mater Dei Radio, high of 45 and low of 34 today. With showers throughout the day, thunderstorms are possible. That snow that fell in our driveway is all almost all gone now. <laughs> But heavy snow expected in the Cascades and the Coast Range. The snow level falls to 400 feet tonight, so wintry mix is definitely possible in the valley. 
Probably won't stick around for long, though. It's going to be a wet rest of the week. It is still a cool 35 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church up in Longview. And it's 37 at St. Wenceslaus Catholic Church in Scapoose. Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's Keeping Up with Ken Hilarious on Mater Day Radio. I tell you, any day that Ken Hellenius is able to join us from South Bend, Indiana, is a wonderful, glorious day, blessed even. <laughs> but when he is in the studios here at Mater Day Radio, well, no matter what the temperature is going on outside, the sun is shining in the studios. Joining us in person in all of his Catholic glory, his Lenten ashes still on his face because he never washes them off. It is our good friend, <laughs> Ken Hellenius. You, you are really upselling me there. Thank wow. you so that? <laughs> well, I got to say, we were all excited. We're like, Ken's coming. Oh, are you ready? Ken's coming. Oh, We've been man. talking about it all morning. Welcome back. You brought a little bit Thank of you. South Bend weather with you, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, uh, it's really lovely. Imagine my surprise coming from down in the valley, coming up the hill and hearing you guys talk about it. And I was like, no, it's not snow up there. And lo and behold, you were not lying. That's it's, it. And it's melted quite it's a melted. bit. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's handsome. Yeah. It is handsome. It is glorious and beautiful. Maybe a bit of a mountaintop experience. Whoa. I think all of us spend a little bit of time just having that experience, listening to the gospel readings. I, I ponder that. I think about that story in the gospel, the transfiguration of the Lord. I am like Peter, like, hey, Let's let's stay. Don't go back down. It is a beautiful up here, but we all have to live in the world and we all have to go back down. Amazing readings that we had. You wanted to kind of tie that up as yeah. we move through this next week of Lent. Yeah. So this this Sunday where we hear about the transfiguration uh, yeah, here on the second Sunday of Lent that we just celebrated. I've always thought this was a really fascinating story because, you know, we get that that story that is told in in the three synoptic Gospels, okay. Matthew, Mark and Luke. Uh, they all tell the same story, uh, as well as Peter then in his second letter of Peter. He also refers to it. So there we get an actual eyewitness account. Yeah. Right? Um, but this idea that that they go up the mountain, a mountain that, you know, we haven't officially identified, but traditionally we associate with Mount Tabor uh, in uh, in uh, the country of Israel. Um, I think Peter is confused. And he even tells us here, we, yes. we hear Peter was so confused. He didn't know what to say. And he kind of just blurts out master, let us build three tents. And of course, my first thought is why a tent? That's not a, exactly a permanent structure. That I think is actually kind of an essential part of it because the mm. temporary structure of a tent is something we live in when we're in a temporary situation. Maybe you're camping, maybe you're, you know, you have an emergency, you set up a tent. It's not permanent. It's meant to be, I'm here right now, but I am going eventually to go home. Mm. And in Lent, that's very much what our Lenten journey is like, right? Lent is a time for us. It's a temporary time of penitence, of deeper prayer to prepare us for our eventual heavenly home, right? So we hear about the heavenly Jerusalem. Peter's up on top of this mountain and having this vision of the Lord in his full glory, you know, and this is an experience that is temporary now, but eventually he, we will all make it to the eternal home, which is not a tent, but is the new heavenly Jerusalem come down from heaven. So this, I think, is kind of the things I think about when, when I hear these, this beautiful story that, that kind of has this humorous little bit, you know, 
uh, let's build tents. Uh, it's, a, it's a moment to remind us that this is a journey that we're on. So if they're on this mountain, where would they get the material for See, three tents? That's is, the other thing. Yeah, it's like, this is well, the were they hauling side. tents up with them? I mean, so, you know, the, the tent in uh, the Jewish faith actually is also a reference to their pilgrimage through the through the desert, through wandering through the desert. They lived in tents. The original tabernacle, right. the original meeting place with the Lord was a glorious set of tents that, that were woven special with gold filament in the in the fabric i mean these these tents were glory but again they were temporary signs of a permanent reality so of course the old testament we read in exodus and in leviticus about the construction of these Mm -hmm. tents we again see that when solomon builds the temple the permanent temple for the lord of course i say permanent i have to use air quotes because that temple was destroyed Mm. right but who is the new temple that Jesus says, you destroy this temple and I will re- rebuild it within three days? That's the body of the Lord himself. Mm. And as we read in Revelation, the new Jerusalem has no temple because God himself is present. He is the temple. And so there are all sorts of these beautiful images of temporary structures, permanent structures that are then shown to be themselves also temporary, even though the temple we read in the gospel, you know, the, the apostles were like, how beautiful is this space? And Jesus says, this is also temporary. So this is the beautiful thing uh, that runs. It's a thread that runs through scripture. I love it. I think also that might be the first um, reference or inference, I should say, where Jesus comes to Peter and pats him on the head and says, oh, Peter, bless your heart. <laughs> right. Because I feel like that's us, too. We're just yeah. I, I just feel inadequate yeah. when when hearing stories like that what would you do yeah i would be that like oh let's uh build a tent oh bless your heart <laughs> all of you you don't even understand yet the greatness of what is about to come and ken helenius is joining us this morning talking a little lent and a little transfiguration so we are on this lenten journey we know christ throughout his three years of ministry knew where he was heading. He yeah. never stayed too long when he was constantly moving. He could have stayed in one place and just taken care of all of the work that needed to be done, but he didn't. He was constantly going forward, constantly going forward. And that's what we're called to do during this Lenten season. We move through these weeks knowing where this is going to lead us to. And of course, that is to Calvary with our Lord. So looking at these Lenten practices and there's 40 days and we know that has symbolisms, but do we yeah. count Sundays? Can we celebrate on <laughs> Sundays. It's all, yeah. you know, up for debate, maybe a little bit, but we there are some things that we are sure of during this journey of what we're supposed to do. Kind of what are we supposed to recognize for Lent? It's the three prayer, fasting and almsgiving. Uh-huh. And all three are essential because they are uh, they are how we relate to our God in prayer, how they relate to ourselves in fasting and how we relate to our brothers and sisters around us in almsgiving. So it's very much a kind of up and down, you know, you often I've heard this image, you know, preached about the cross represents, you know, both our, our vertical relationship with God and the horizontal bar is our relationship with one another. But there's also the relationship with ourselves. Fasting is how we actually conquer our own will, how we actually learn obedience. This, of course, is the great 
the the great gift of Christ himself was he was obedient unto death, even death on a cross. He invites us to embrace that same yoke, but he promises that his burden is light because he is with us. And so, yeah, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, they remain ever the goals of Lent. And here we are, you know, in the second week of, second full week of Lent, maybe we've fallen off of our practices already. Maybe we're not praying as often as we did on Ash Wednesday and the day after. This is an invitation to, again, ascend with the Lord to the top of the mountain to see his glory, to be assured that this hope is real. This hope has a goal, and the goal is resurrection. And so that's what Lent's all about, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. So people, you you mentioned that we fall short oftentimes, and sometimes, you know, maybe when we do fall short, we're going, well, obviously I can't do this. It's not, I just don't have it within me. In your own life, when you feel that you fall short and you know that the goal line is worthy, it is something, how do you reach within yourself or find that strength that gets you to the goal line, especially when it's something important like this Lenten season? I am incredibly grateful for the sacrament of reconciliation. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, you know, when, I, when I'm aware of being in in sin when i'm aware that i keep falling off maybe over the same things over and over god never fails in his promises god is faithful god is merciful as, as padre pio said you know pray hope and don't worry worry is useless god is merciful he will hear your prayer and he loves you and that's an incredible message of hope and joy and that's what i fall back on all the time even when even when i keep doing the same dumb things over and over <laughs> Christ loves us. Christ loved me and he forgave me from the cross. And so to put ourselves into his mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation, which is always on offer, that's the greatest gift that we have. Oh, for sure. In fact, Ken, just on Saturday evening, I was entering church thinking, yeah, I wonder when that reconciliation night is coming up. And I walk into church knowing that they have reconciliation before every mass. And the door was open. Fantastic. And and I just and I almost I, I tried to go <clears throat> by it and I went, no, that no. door is open. A that's, magnet. That's what <laughs> confession is. It is an open door to go in and talk. And I tell you what, I made use of that time and it was really <laughs> really beautiful. So Ken, thank you so very much for joining us today. It's always a great morning. You have time to stay with us. So I'm inviting you to please stay with us. I've got here, I'm using some curriculum that I've used in the past. We're going to have a little bit of a Uh Lenten test. Uh And we'll see uh, (laughs) what all you know and don't know about this Lenten practice. We'll do that in our next half hour around 840. So join us for a little quiz. Uh, It's a test time at Mater Dei Radio. (laughs) Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. 
Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Gibran Zogby's State Farm Agency in Hillsborough is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle, offering coverage in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho with personal service, claims, and 24-7 assistance. Gibran's team will take the time to understand your situation and choose coverages just for you. Reach Gibran's office at gnzinsurance.com or 503-649-9514. Gibran Zogby's State Farm Agency in Hillsborough at gnzinsurance.com. This is Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, inviting you to join me for the Voice of the Shepherd. I always look forward to our time together to discuss issues that matter most to our families and to the church. Catch the Voice of the Shepherd with Portland Archbishop Alexander Sample and me, Dina Marie, your host, each Tuesday night at 7.30, Saturday afternoon at 3.30, and Sunday morning at 7.30 on Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. 825 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And we've got high school basketball. The Catholic schools are really in action here in Oregon and in Washington. We'll tell you all about those matchups just ahead. And Pope Francis is under the weather, and once again, they have had to cancel his day of activities. I'll have an update for you on his health and prognosis coming up in three minutes. Here's Taylor Tripodi and Forgiven. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Each day I try to find something to heal these scars of mine But I just can't find peace of mind Something inside me tells myself you can't forgive me But I'm a fool to be so blind Cause when I look upon the cross I realize Your love runs deeper 
Notre Dame Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's Taylor Tripodi and Forgiven. It's 8.30. In your news this morning, the Holy See Press Office on Monday announced that Pope Francis's audience for today has been suspended as a precautionary measure due to the Holy Father's persisting flu-like symptoms. Catholic News Agency reported the Monday morning's telegram sent out by the Vatican noted that while the Pope's mild flu symptoms persist, he did not have a fever. The Holy See Press Office did not provide further details on the Pope's condition nor hint at whether he would continue with his activities for the week. On Saturday, Pope Francis canceled his meetings with the transitional deacons of the Diocese of Rome, who will be ordained to the priesthood in April due again to his conditions. However, on Sunday, the Pope appeared in good form when he delivered his weekly Angelus address to the faithful gathered in St. Peter's Square as scheduled. At least 15 Catholic worshipers were killed in the African nation of Burkina Faso on Sunday when gunmen attacked a community gathered for mass in the country's conflict-hit northern region. The violence in the vision of Escane left 12 of the Catholic faithful dead at the scene, while three others died later as they were being treated for their wounds. According to a statement issued by Abbot Jean-Pierre Salvadago, Vicar General of the Catholic Diocese of Dory, where the attack happened. No group has claimed responsibility for the attack, but suspicion fell on jihadis who have frequently stormed remote communities in the northern region. About half of Burkina Faso is outside government control as jihadi groups have killed thousands and displaced more than two million people. A key step towards establishing tolls on the Interstate 5 bridge to pay for its replacement occurred Friday, the first meeting of a bi-state tolling subcommittee. Both Oregon and Washington have authorized tolling, and under the replacement program's current financial plan, tolling is expected to contribute $1.24 billion of the estimated $6 billion cost. Tolling on the current I-5 bridge is expected to start in 2026, although tolls likely won't be charged between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. during construction. After that, tolls will likely be higher during rush hour than in middle of the night hours. Officials are also considering reduction in tolls for low-income drivers and an exemption for all Native American tribes. The committee expects traffic crossing the I-5 bridge will drop as drivers divert to the Interstate 205 bridge, which will not be tolled. The Oregon Employment Department is going to shut down several services beginning Tuesday as it updates its online system. In preparation for this new online system for unemployment benefits, the agency's website will be going dark and will be unable to help customers. The new system is called Francis Online, and it's scheduled to go live on March 4th. In the meantime, people will not be able to file, restart, check, or make any changes to claim information until after 8 a.m. next Monday. The last day to file a new unemployment claim is tomorrow before 5 p.m. The last day to file a weekly unemployment claim will be Wednesday at 5 p.m. Benefits will be laid if customers miss the deadline. Last week, two Boeing 787s operated by Virgin Airlines and United Airlines zoomed through the air at ground speeds exceeding 800 miles an hour. That's about 200 miles an hour more than typical. 
the speeds, Virgin Plane reached 200, uh, excuse me, 802 miles an hour. The United Flight, 838 miles are some of the fastest speeds recorded in recent years. But neither flew faster or quicker than American Airlines Flight 120. It went from Philadelphia to Doha, Qatar, which reached a top speed. 840 miles an hour. That flight landed nearly half an hour earlier than anticipated. Now, all of this was due to high winds over the Mid-Atlantic. According to National Weather Service, winds reached 265 miles an hour. That's the nearly the highest recorded, 267 back in 2002. Now, while the plane rides were unusually fast, experts say that both planes and pilots, well, they're equipped to handle the speeds. Now, the fast winds the pilots flew through on Saturday were tailwinds, meaning they were moving in the direction of the plane, helping the aircraft reach the higher ground speed. Now, although the flights were faster than the speed of sound on paper, they never broke the sound barrier because the speed of sound is referenced by airspeed, not Ground speed, which is the measurement used for those particular fights. Did you imagine? If you they read were, my mind. I was going going to ask about that because I, I was wondering if they were supersonic or not. Just going across the Atlantic, just boom, 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 just yeah. all the way across. Wow. Nope, it was ground speed, so that made the difference. Well, in sports, a lot of basketball on tap going on around the area for the Catholic schools in our region. Lyndon Christian scored 25 unanswered points in the second half to pull away from Seton Catholic of Vancouver. 71-39 in the Class 1A Washington State opening round boys basketball game on Saturday. 7 seed Seton Catholic will face number 10 Meridian of Bellingham in a 1A state round of 12 game Wednesday in Yakima. And here in Oregon, in Class 6A boys basketball, the opening round will find number one Central Catholic hosting North Medford tomorrow night at 6.30, while Jesuit hosts South Eugene tomorrow as well. In Class 4A, Marist Catholic takes on Phoenix Friday at 7. In 3A, two matchups, De La Salle North Catholic will take on Cascade Christian on Thursday, along with Valley Catholic hosting Dayton on Thursday. Actually, that game's in North Bend on the coast. And in 2A, it's Regis taking on Manahouse House Academy of Portland. That game set for Thursday evening at 8.30 in Pendleton. Well, perhaps as a parent, you're about to baptize a child and you need to choose godparents. The choice should not be made lightly. You won't be able to change your mind later on. So we've been talking about some of the criteria throughout the show today and thinking about picking a godparent. So we've talked about the deep faith of the people that you are choosing, an exemplary friendship that they are about to form with your children. They need to have an open and generous heart, and they have to have the sufficient maturity to do so. Now, in order to be a godparent, you have to be at least 16 years old and uh, and be ready to take that on. And then lastly, they say free choice. Now, in some families, the criteria for choosing godparents is more a question of convenience than personal choice. But it is important to choose people who would really be pleased to ask to do that and also be a person in a position who can walk with your child throughout their lives. So I think it's important for parents to remember that. And I think for a potential godparent, you should try to recognize, do I have these qualities? And if you are going to say yes, do you need to kind of brush up on some of those qualities to ensure that you will be the best 
godparent ever. Well, no offense to my Uncle Mike, but I, I kind of wish Ken Hellanius had been my godfather. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been an interesting one to figure out. <laughs> yes. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, this Wednesday at St. Joseph the Worker Church, they continue with their series of Eucharistic adorations on Wednesdays from 7 in the morning to 7 at night. You can stop by the church to worship our Lord and Savior truly present in the Most Holy Eucharist. For these and more events in our Catholic community, go online to materdayradio.com. There you can find the entire community calendar that you can also find on our Hail Mary media app. He is the Godfather. <laughs> I like that. Let's see how much he knows about Lent. We have got our Lenten quiz coming up on the second cup next after we check a snowy weather forecast at Mater Day Radio. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. Hi, my name is Will Detheridge. I grew up going to St. Juan Diego and Holy Trinity in Portland, and I'm a young entrepreneur. My company, Catholics for Hire, helps bring the church into the digital world. Inspired by Blessed Carlo Acutis, Catholics for Hire creates websites, videos, podcasts, and other digital resources to help you evangelize. We also produce print media, such as bulletins, manage social media, and assist with online advertising. Our mission is to get parishes, nonprofits, and even businesses connected to talented young Catholic professionals across the country. If you're looking for a new website, a podcast producer, a newsletter redesign, or more, check out our website at catholicsforhire.com. We ask you to join us in asking our patron to pray for the new evangelization across digital media. Blessed Carlo Acutis, pray for us. Holy Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It is 841 here at Mater Day Radio, high of 45 today, low of 34, showers throughout the day, thunderstorms possible, snow possible tonight, the snow level falls to 400 feet, but if we do get wintry mix, don't expect it to stick around for long unless you're in the Cascades or the coast ranges, they have some winter weather advisories, so be safe if you're going to drive through those passes rain for the rest of the week 400 feet 
400 feet wow. is what the National Weather okay. Service told okay. me. But it is an early spring, so that's why it's not sticking around for very long, because it's those spring-like conditions, well, apparently. Well, it's almost all melted now, but this morning we had a blanket <laughs> of snow not... at about 700 feet. Yeah, so. it did not feel like spring at all around here, but it is 38 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And it is 38 at St. Mary Cathedral of the Immaculate Conception in downtown Portland. The show's not quite over, so relax and have a second cup of the morning blend. Poor Ken, he hasn't even gotten a first cup of coffee here at Mater Day Radio. We've been so busy talking, we haven't gotten that machine working yet, but he, his brain is just firing. He's ready to do this, and I just couldn't let this time go by, Pat, without having a little Lenten quiz and see what you guys don't know about the Lenten season. I'm nervous. Are you a little it nervous? Is a time of so, I mean, after like, all. This is the man who tried out for Jeopardy. I mean, come on. I know, but he never got that. He never got a call to yeah. the big show. Alex never called, so. Ken can't handle more than one Ken on stage at the time. <laughs> it's kind of like Highlander. There can be only one. Oh, so, yeah. oh I think a, a battle of wills to who will survive. That would be a good one to watch. Cage match on Jeopardy. Yeah, right. That could be a lot of fun. Well, I thought, though, I we won't get too deep into this, but we're going to talk about some of the... Oh, it's already gotten plenty deep. Is it? Right. Again, yeah. a shovel. Uh, just to talk very lightly about the things that are important to remember about Lent. So I've got a little quiz here. So we'll just go back and forth and you just get a point for every right answer. And then if we're at a tie at the end, I've got a, a couple of bonus questions. Oh to okay, see Eric, if we can Eric break you a keeping score? Oh, okay. dear. All right. All right. Okay. So we'll go back and forth here until we get to the end. So the first question is, starting with Ken. He's, yes, name, company, company goes first. Name one, what are all of the colors of vestments that you will see a priest wear during the Lenten season? All of the colors. So right. Ken, name so one. Purple. Purple. There you go. One point for Ken. Uh, Pat, name a color. Rose. Rose. There's going to be a weekend that we will wear rose. Uh, any other colors that we might see during Lent, Ken? Uh, we would see white. We would see white, On yes. the Solemnity of St. Joseph, typically. Oh, he's going to be really extra. There's another day that we might see white also, Pat. Oh, I was going to say the black vestments come out usually for the... Uh, um, on Good Friday, I've seen I've seen the black vestments before oh. for Tenebrae for the Tenebrae service. Tenebrae, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. interesting. That's not the typical color though for those uh, the those uh, the the Holy Week. What color do they typically? So red on Passion Sunday, right? Red, yeah. Red. yeah. So they yeah. everybody's got points. One, yeah. two, three each because you've all figured it out. <laughs> Uh, the Annunciation on March 25th is also a day that we might see white vestments worn. Right. Although this year it gets postponed because it falls during the super privilege season. So it gets postponed until after the Easter octave. Is it really? We don't, we don't get it until the Monday after Give that man Divine another Mercy point. Sunday. Oh my goodness. He is. <laughs> so. Ken was, I have a feeling Ken was one of those kids that always sat in the front row in school. Don't you think? Getting, don't I was you know the, the teachers back. were like, oh, yeah. Ken, Ken. I was yes. the guy in back distracting my classmates. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then would still get 100% on the test. Okay. This has already passed, but we do want to remember and recognize uh, Ken is true or false is Ash Wednesday a holy day of obligation. It oh, is not. It is not. It is not. 
it's but it's, I got to say, it's probably one of the days when we see the highest proportion it of non-Catholics is. also join us for right. this day, too, because everybody wants ashes, ashes. and it's yeah. a fantastic thing. Big fan, big fan of people, you know, at least given given an ear to the Lord. Okay, yeah. I love it. It is not. So then to you, Pat, is Good Friday a holy day of obligation? Yes. Good Friday is incorrect. It's not a holy day of obligation. I know, right? We oh, all go. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It, it, it is not. So So none of the tritium is other than Easter Sunday, although technically, I mean, yeah, yeah, Easter wow. Sunday, but but the Triduum, these are days when we go because we want to. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we should be there because sure. it's fantastic and it's the high point of the year, but no, they are technically not holy days of obligation. How you like that? So yeah. that, uh, I think we're going good. I think that's our first minus mark. All right, here we go, Ken. of course Ken. it's me. <laughs> get, to, get counting, Ken. Uh-oh. How many days is it? of Lent from Ash Wednesday to Holy Saturday. That is what we're calling a Lent. How many days is it? Seven, 20, 40, or 46? So 46 was the first number that came to mind. Of course so, it did. Uh, yeah, That's I'm going to say 46, right? Yeah. yeah. Just it, shy. It's 46. We don't, uh, however, during the practice of Lent, when we say 40 days of Lent, we don't include the Sundays as those are their own uh, yeah. celebrations of their yeah. own so but that's good so do you go to the fact that if any of your lenten sacrifices that you make do you keep it from monday <laughs> through saturday and then have your your i am a, on I'm sunday? an inconsistent human i will say so some years <laughs> it depends on what i give up what what my observation is this year i'm trying to curtail my use of uh off-color language and so i do not i i try to keep that also on Sundays. On Sundays. <laughs> I, am a try- I am attempting to do the same thing yeah. as well. I include Sundays in those. <laughs> All right, Pat, here we go. You ready to think? I am. So on Holy Thursday, that is the day we gather. It begins the Triduum. It is the washing of the feet. It is also known by another name. Do you know what the alternate name for Holy Thursday is? Is that Maundy Thursday? Maundy Thursday. Yeah. That's it. But I'm going to go to Ken. Why do we call it Maundy Thursday, Ken? Yeah, so it's a corruption of the word mandatum, which means a new commandment I give unto you. So the Latin word is a new commandment is a mandate or mandatum. So Maundy is short for mandatum Thursday. Give him two more points. <laughs> that. That's right, because we celebrate the institution of the Eucharist on Holy Thursday. Correct, correct. As oh. well as the washing of the feet. Both of those are, are the, the new commandment. Uh, that he gives, you know, love one another as I have loved you, as well as do this in memory of me. So it's kind of a dual meaning in that, okay. in that way. Yeah. Beautiful. All right, Pat, here we go. Here's your question now. I'm looking right at you. You Uh-oh. don't don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not rolling my eyes. I'm closing my eyes in prayer. <laughs> in prayer. All okay. right. True or false. So you got 50-50 oh, okay. okay. chance okay. right there. Right. So there you go. Masses are not celebrated on Good Friday and or Holy Saturday. Masses are not celebrated. That is true. That is true. In fact, and you would be along with 73 other percent of people got that question right. (laughs) This is it. After Mass on Holy Thursday, the altars are stripped, holy water is taken out of the font, and the Blessed Sacrament is processed through the church and in repose. So these consecrated hosts are used for the Good Friday service, which is not an actual Mass because no consecration takes place. So no Masses are said in the modern Latin rite. 
uh, after Holy Thursday until the Easter Vigil on Saturday night. Now, Ken, there's something unique about those three days, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Well, there are lots of unique things. Uh, they, Well, I mean, we describe them as one continuous day. That's it. It's one continuous liturgy. So even at the end of that Holy Thursday Mass, we don't end with a traditional blessing, you know, go the Mass is ended. It just ends. And Friday, it begins on Good Friday with them processing in in dead silence yes. and directly to the chair then after uh, prostration before the altar. And so, yeah, so it, it just continues. I love it. Yeah. That's, so that's a continuous mass. I think that's so beautiful. And then, uh, Ken, here's a true false for you. Oh 50-50. True or false, Catholics are required to receive Holy Communion at least once during Lent and Easter season. So this was called the Easter duty. And yeah. uh, and so, yes, it, it you are required to receive, yes, at least once a year. And this is important because people used to not receive Holy Communion uh, regularly. And this is a great, uh, a great, you know, encouragement by Pope Pius X, who encouraged not just young people, but everybody to receive the Holy Eucharist in a state of grace, of course, but to do so frequently because this is the great way bread towards heaven on our pilgrim journey. So yeah, Christ is, is a gift and he wants to strengthen us. And so, yeah. That was the Daily Double. That was, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Here's our bonus questions. Here's our bonus question. And you guys can, this will be team effort. How's oh, that? Okay. okay. You guys okay. talk this right. one over. Wonder Twin Powers. Oh, there you go, you guys. Now, what early church council, now see, Pat's just already looking at Ken. What early church council attempted and failed to establish a uniform date for Easter? They tried to pick one. And it didn't go over. Ken, uh, Pat. Council of Trent. Uh, that's not early. That's 1560s. Oh, oh. And so I'm going to go with Nicaea 325. It would be the Council of Nicaea. Whoa. They kid. tried to figure oh. it out, which is interesting because we were looking up early. When that's my godfather did, right there. When did <laughs> Lent begin? We were trying to figure out when did right. the practice of Lent begin? And it came along with that council. It's like that's when they kind of formally brought forward this Lenten season. So since they couldn't pick. A uniform date for Easter. Your final group bonus question is, how do we determine what day Easter is going to fall on? So I know the formula. <laughs> you know the formula. I know the formula. Okay. It has to do with the moon, correct? It, it does. Yes. And it has to do with the spring equinox. Okay. So it's the first Sunday following the first full moon after the spring equinox. 100%. Wow. Isn't that, I knew it was the moon. It's like a savant. <laughs> but that's it. So let me say that again. So Easter will always fall on the first Sunday after the full moon that occurs on or after the spring equinox. So I think that means the earliest date it can be is, I think the 22nd of March would be the earliest it can ever be. Okay. Uh, if not the 22nd, then the 23rd, um, because, you know, the equinox is on the 21st. So uh, so if the full moon falls on that day, I think the next day, if it was Sunday, could be, could be. the first. And so we're wow. very, very close this year, right? Because this are. year it's like at the, the end. The 31st. Right. It's the 31st. Yeah, so March we're 31st. very early. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, I'm going to kind of pay attention to that, going to Easter Vigil Mass on a full moon. Wouldn't Ooh, that be amazing? That'd be amazing. Pretty. Too bright for the uh, to to see the beautiful fire. 
that <laughs> it might be fire in the sky is what it's, we'll be looking at. And so. I think you won. Oh, uh-huh. always again. I can see. I can see. No moss. No moss. <laughs> mercy, mercy. So those are some of the important things, though, that is uh, we should all know and remember during this Lenten season. Ken, thanks so much for joining us in studio Great today. Pleasure. Truly a joy to be here. Get that man a coffee. <laughs> Support for Matre Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Do you want to live a truly authentic Catholic life? This is Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and Monday nights at 7.30, Ken Hellenius and I team up for Living Stones. This dynamic weekly show will help you deepen your relationship with Christ and His Church with practical ways that you can grow in faith, participate more fully in the liturgy, and practice charity towards all. Join us for Living Stones, Monday nights at 7.30 on Modern Day E-Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Grab some coffee and take the morning blend with you anywhere you go. Listen to the podcast at materdayradio.com. Last check weather, showers and thunderstorms possible today, and that snow level is going to be falling down. Chance of precipitation, 90%, and the snow could roll in overnight tonight. We already have seen some snow here on Sylvan Hill today. Right now, it's 38 degrees here in the Rose City. Closing out our show today, here is Matthias Michael and amplified we are the morning blend right here at mater day radio the bridge between your faith and everyday life oh my friends we are called all for one and one for all to mend
Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Matthias Michael and Amplified. It's 8.58. What a morning for a Monday. Abbott, Jeremy Driscoll, Ken Hellenius, snow. Now, no snow? <laughs> now, no snow. Maybe more snow tonight. Who knows? Whoa. Well, you never know what you're going to get when you wake up and turn on Mater Day Radio in the morning. But for sure, always the joy of our Catholic faith. What a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in. We got great broadcasting all day long and best of of How are they going to top that? Wonderfully produced shows. <laughs> Absolutely. We hope all of you have a very blessed day. God bless you.